1: Let's admit it, we're football fans and we love to see some offense. We want to see points put up on the board and it's always been that way for at least the last hundred years. But we're going to talk with Tim Brown of footballarchaeology.com once again and he's going to tell us about a team from 1915 that could put points on the board. Tim's up with the story in just a moment.
2: This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis.
0: Hello,
1: my football friends. This is Darren He's at pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal of a positive football history. And it's Tuesday. And once again, we have some football archaeology with Timothy P. Brown, author and a historian that has a, a great website of footballarchaeology.com. Uh, Tim Brown, welcome back to the Pigpen.
2: Hey, Darren. Thank you for having me on again. Looking forward to chatting as always.
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting topic that we're going to talk about, the, the 1915 Brown Bruins, and I uh, have a very interesting story that you shared back on September 2nd, and uh, really enjoying this one, and I think the listeners will as well.
2: Yeah, well, actually, you know, before chatting about uh, that team, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, a, an RPPC, so a real photo postcard, Of that nineteen fifteen of Brown's nineteen fifteen team, sold on eBay for thousand twenty five dollars. Wow! So I mean, that's the you know, it's not like I've tracked tracked it you know over over life, but that's I think the highest priced uh, postcard I've ever I've ever seen. Um, But you know, it has Fritz Pollard is is you know is on the team, so uh, a lot of times, uh, especially older uh african-american you know football stuff you know can command a pretty good uh pretty good price um you know it's an item that i don't think i've ever seen that one before until it was offered in that particular auction uh and then you know even like if, if for nfl people you know rich pollard was the first african-american coach in the nfl you know back in I think 21 or you know something along those lines so you know but just a couple of couple of interests kind of collide and all of a sudden you're paying some pretty big money <laughs> right. Or a postcard. He,
1: I mean, he was a tremendous player as well. I mean, every, I think every team that he went to, he, he really brought their game up quite a bit uh, to a different level. So that's uh, another reason to want to collect that, to have a, a legendary yeah. player. So,
2: yeah. Wow. Well, you know, so the, the thing about that, you know, the 1915 team, you know, is, that uh, you know, Brown, I think, mean, you know, by and large has been kind of a second tier program you know and it was at the time i mean and i'm comparing that to harvard yale princeton penn and then you know probably like west point those were probably the premier you know year after year premier programs um but they had a long-term you know long-term coach at brown you know during some of that period and you know they, they have some pretty pretty competitive teams and so they actually i think they ended up they were Uh, they, they were, they surprisingly beat Yale that year, which they seldom did, but that was the Yale team, the 1915 Yale team, um, Frank Hinkey had come back to coach the team in 14 and they kind of struggled. And then they were really struggling in 15. And that was the year that, uh, the, the captain Alex Wilson fired the head coach. So he fired Hickey and he brought in Tom Shevlin to come in and, you know, kind of fix things up uh, for the last couple of games of the year. But, you know, part of his being fired was Hickey's being fired was that they lost to Brown. <laughs> hmm. So, you know, it was, um, I think that's, the, that's the last instance I'm aware of where, you know, that was the last year Yale still had that the captain runs the show, you know, kind of philosophy, but, you know, he literally fired the coach because his, his word was final. Uh, and then they, you know, they, they switched things up at, you know, the following year. Um, so that was, you know, kind of an interesting element of it. And, and even, you know, to kind of the perspective of, um, Percy Houghton who was the coach at Harvard, uh, didn't even go, or he wasn't there for the, the Harvard Brown game, uh, because, you know, he thought it more important to go, uh, scout Yale, you know, and coaches used to do that sometimes. Stag did that a few times. And, you know, you read about it, you know, here and there, people did that. Um, so, I mean, it just kind of tells you that, that it was a real upset. <laughs> you know, the right. head right. coach didn't even show up for the game.
1: But well, that sound I mean, it sounds so strange. But I think you explained it the last time we had you on. We talked about the the first coach and when the word uh, coach was used, just uh, recently aired and uh, as a podcast. And uh, you know, you explained to that that the the coaches really were important, not really as important uh, game time as the captains were, like they are today. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah. Uh,
2: so yeah, the captains called the plays. There was no coaching from the sideline. All of that. You know.
1: So, well, so practice practice now, week you, was. You, the practice week was done, so he could go scout the teams. And the captain takes over. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that to some extent, that you know, that's that is the case. Um, but then, you know, So the other thing that's just kind of interesting about that team and and football in general at the time was um, Harvard, Yale, and Princeton had policies that they didn't go to bowl games, right? And and you know, this is still you know, they are, they didn't have postseason games. And so this is, you know, the Rose Bowl had 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 a game back in 02. And then that was kind of forgotten. And then they were restarting it for 1916. So they're inviting, you know, the best team they could get from the East that that played in the 1915 season. But, you know, so Harvard Yale Princeton wouldn't go. Um, And so, you know, Brown ended up being, um, you know, the best team (laughs) that they could find. You know who would say yes um you know and so then they did whatever the five-day you know train trip out to out to out to pasadena um but you know there were you know the big 10 uh didn't allow teams to to play in postseason games they, they did allow ohio state to play in the rose bowl i think in like 22 i think it was um you know, and so just in general, and then even teams that did where the school or the faculty allowed it, you know, sometimes the, the kids just said, yeah, we're done. You know, they're just, they were just done with the season and, you know, they'd already turned in their equipment, whatever. They didn't want to spend time away from family for the holidays, you know, those kinds of things. So, I mean, it's just, that it was just a, a different world. You know, we now so many teams play in bowls, you know, to begin with, but. Um, it's just kind of the expectation of, well, of course you're going to go to the bowl. But back then, you know, a lot of times, you know, teams had the opportunity to go, turned them down. But so Brown ended up, you know, playing in the game and then they lost to Washington State. So, you know, that was kind of a, for the folks out West, that was a big deal, is, you know, c- kind of a credibility boost that, that one of their teams could play and beat, uh, you know, a team that's now, you know, of the Ivy you know, caliber. So, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, kind of a big deal, you know, for those folks.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So we already said that uh, Fritz Pollard was on that team. Was there anybody else uh, significant on that team besides Pollard?
2: Yeah. One of their, uh, um, uh, Wade now I'm blanking on his name. Um, Wade, 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 he was a, uh, guard or, or tackle. Um, Wallace Wade sorry and oh. so he was uh he coached Alabama uh took them you know to a couple of Rose Bowls and then he uh he was the coach at Duke uh for quite a while and and uh they played when uh, when Oregon State played the Rose Bowl at Duke because of the bombing of Pearl Harbor you know so the 42 Rose Bowl uh, Wade was you know, still the coach there. So, uh, but he, you know, so he is, he and Pollard are probably the most, uh, most famous of the, of the Brown players that year.
1: Huh. Very interesting. And, uh, you know, some great, great research. And, uh, we appreciate you sharing these, uh, Teams and some of these innovations from football from so long ago at your football archaeology site. I uh, why don't you share with people how they can you can find your, your tidbits that you share with us each and every day and uh, how they can subscribe to your website to make sure they know when that you release them?
2: Sure. So um, you know my website is just you know footballarchaeology.com. Um you can also find me on Twitter under the same name. And You know, the gist of it is uh, I publish these, I publish a tidbit every day. It comes out at seven o'clock Eastern time. And so if if you subscribe, you'll get that uh, as an emailed newsletter. Um, And then obviously, if you're, you know, you can also just visit the site anytime you want. And, you know, there's a full archives in there with, you know, now getting on, you know, 300, you know, some article, you know, full length, long form article. Or tidbits, which tend to be more, you know, 30 second to a minute long reads. Okay. Just little snippets.
1: And uh, I can tell you that it is exactly right at 7 p.m. It's very consistent because uh, usually my my family and I were watching a rerun of the Big Bang Theory. And the chime for my email signal, my notification, comes (laughs) right at the same time of the the theme song for Big Bang Theory every time. So it's like part of the song to us now.
2: Well, it's... just gets scheduled in the application <laughs> yeah Oh, <laughs> you
1: could have like just take more punctuality credit for the, than that don't, well you know so I, I
2: still have to manually do it on Twitter so <laughs> you know but then then it's going to be a 703 705 somewhere in that range.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're well into the show by then so yeah <laughs> so. all right Tim well thank you very much and uh we'll talk to you again next week with some more great football archaeology
2: cool we'll see you next week thanks
1: Darren That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their
0: music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the Football History Dude.